Hello everyone and welcome back to another Helm to Tower video. We're going to be going over some Destiny news. That's right. I was starting to put together, I will totally admit I was starting to put together a more formal video edit for you guys. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's just a lot more work than I can kind of do at the moment with the holidays going on. That is why we don't also don't have like a more traditional podcast episode of the Helm to Tower podcast that me and Ari do. Uh, that's not happening this week, and we won't be able to get one together before the new season starts in just a few days. I'm literally recording this like three or four days, so uh, you're getting you're getting casual Mike here, just giving you some Destiny news that has happened over the past few weeks. We really haven't been covering it as closely, obviously, because of the the recent news of the Bungie layoffs kind of left a sour taste in both our mouths. Um, but you know, we still love the game. We're gonna try and get we're gonna try and get back into it. Definitely plan on covering it more here alongside some of the other games you started seeing me cover here. We're gonna continue doing Destiny stuff. So if you're here for Destiny, that's great. Thank you for being here. But yeah, tons of information across the weeks from Bungie have as has dropped. I wanted to kind of collect a lot of it here for this one video so you can kind of have like a primer going into the new season of Destiny 2 called Season of the Wish starting November 28th. This should be up a day, a couple days before that, you know, that usual Tuesday start time, usually always then. So let's get into a lot of this information. There is a lot to go over. So I just want to give you some of the highlights, some buffs and things, and also like give you a give a chance for myself to give some general opinions on some things since we won't have a podcast proper to, to get into all this stuff. So let's just get into the news. So first thing I wanted to kick off, I think was one, definitely one of the bigger changes. This is going to be the start of this change starting in season of the wish. We are getting the, the removal of legendary shards is beginning the shard, the shard shatters on the ground. All of those people who sat next to sat to Ikora when was whenever that exotic uh, exploit was found to make hundreds of thousands of sh legendary shards uh, are in shambles or whatever you want to say. <laughs> but yeah, they they are beginning the removal of legendary shards. I'm just going to read a little bit here from what Bungie had to say about this and why they're doing it. Just to refresh people because this was they did announce this back in September that this was happening and now they now it is going to be officially starting in Season of the Wish um, and then fully they will be entirely removed from our inventories entirely all our legendary shards when the final shape releases whenever next year. So let's see what they had to say. Destiny 2 economy team here. As many Destiny 2 players already know, legendary shards have been a long and unstable part of the economy in Destiny 2. Some players have more than they would ever be able to spend, while others struggle to earn enough to engage with the systems that require shards as a cost. Definitely true. This often made it hard to find legendary shard costs that would feel impactful to players while also ensuring that the content that they did require legendary shards could be enjoyed by all players no matter how long or how much they play. Definitely true. I'm pretty sure we talked about this a little bit in one of the episodes of Helm of Tower recently. You know, this this was always a struggle for people getting into the game that would you know never be able to catch up with their legendary shard costs or people who didn't take the time to maybe stockpile a little bit more or were not around when these exploits were being uh, abused by a lot of players to like grant like you know people who have three figure legendary shards like to be fair though I, I didn't even do any of that stuff I just play a lot and I think I'm still sitting around like 14 15k uh, that I'm now gonna have to try and reduce down uh, over the course of this season. So we'll figure out how to do, we'll all we'll figure out how to do that together. Um, with these changes, um, the, the, the shard cost is being removed from focusing engrams across the game. Uh, the, the monument of light where you get exotics from that cost of legendary shards is just being removed. All the other stuff is saying the same. They're not increasing any of those prices. Legendary shard cost is just being removed. Really the only thing that's going to be changing is like in focusing. I think some focusing stuff will now cost multiple engrams rather than one. So it'd be a couple, it'd be like two or three engrams and some glimmer now to like focus certain things. So big, big change that's going to come over uh, across the game here starting next season. Uh, also dismantling, dismantling legendary uh, weapons and, and armor and stuff will no longer drop legendary shards. They won't drop from those sources or any sources in the game. Now you'll just have a higher chance of getting enhancement cores. You can see here this quick graph. I won't sit here and bramble numbers off to you, but you know, enhancement cores are going to have a higher chance to drop for you, uh, 
now when you dismantle rather than getting legendary shards. Um, so there you go. That That's going to be a big change starting this season. Um, so just wanted to make you aware of all that stuff. Remember, it happened a while ago, a couple months ago, after all the, the madness that recently has been in the Bungie world. So just remember that's happening. Uh, let's jump ahead here. Another thing that's coming down the, the pike here in uh, Season of the Wish is Foundry focusing is happening. Uh, B- Banshee will now allow you to use Gunsmith Engrams, which I believe it says in here they will drop from... Let's see where it says. Here it is. How do I get Gunsmith Engrams? You get them from ranking up the uh, Banshee's reputation. Uh, Lost Sector Completions, Normal, will give you a 20% chance. And then Legend and Master will give you higher chances. And also Free Roam Chest will have a chance to drop them as well. I do hope they may they may just make them some general random drops as well. That'd be nice. Uh, but ultimately, this is all just for Foundry weapons, which a lot of these have been in the game. A lot of the weapons that are going to be available here, I, I, I'm sure some people looking at these names have no, don't remember any of these guns. But they're basically a lot of the, wep- the world drops that have been around since the Witch Queen Obviously, like Crate, uh, Stasis Auto Rifle has been around forever. Taipan has been around for whatever. Amit AR2 has been around forever. A bunch of these have been around for a long time, so you've probably more likely seen them or have just some random random rolls in your in your vault, maybe. So now you now you now you just be able to focus them and maybe get specific rolls you really want from these if you want them. There's also a few in here that of course have uh, weapon uh, crafting patterns and stuff like that like taipan and palmyra have crafting or or craftable so you can go get the materials for those now it'll be easier to focus for them if you're trying to get those borders if you didn't all those years ago or if you're like a newer player who's just topping in you'll be able to get these that's pretty cool they definitely plan on i think they say in here as well they'll be adding they'll be adding more from various seasons yeah starting season 24 so that's the launch of uh wait that's I guess that wouldn't be season 24 anymore. That would be episode one or whatever they mean. I guess maybe they, maybe they still will call episode seasons. Who knows? That'd be weird. <laughs> I just tried to put that together till now. Weird. Season 20 of uh, field forged weapons will then also be uh, focusable later. These will also be in like rotations and stuff. So it'll be like a, Hey, this week it's, uh, I think I have in your head. Yeah. Day one, it'll be Omelos and Suros. And then day two, it'll swap over to these and like, it'll be in that rotation over, They'll have two foundries available each day and they'll keep rotating. So that'll be, that'll be a cool thing. I think mostly for new players. I don't know if I would use this too much. I feel like I'll just be crunching down gunsmith weapons for his reputation in general, just to get the stuff on the track, but um, good, good to have nonetheless. Um, Next up, we have some uh, weapon tuning. This was a weapon tuning blog. They put out a little while ago, which we, uh, I don't think we covered too much of this, um, this is now we're seeing more and more stuff that we haven't really covered yet on any Helmet Tower podcast episode. Um, so this is a bunch of weapon busts coming to the game. I think a lot of these are overall pretty cool and, and good from from the from the glancing I've done over some of this. Mainly, we're getting auto rifles are getting uh, red bar damage increased by ten percent. So that's that's good. I always down to use more auto rifles. Pulse rifles, my baby. I'm. The, the I'm a, I'm a dad gamer as some people like to call it. Enjoying my pulse rifles, they're getting um, a damage increase against red bar and orange bars by twelve percent. So that's pretty awesome. That that's they already I think they already did a buff like a couple seasons ago. And that felt pretty good. So them getting even more. I'm all for it. It's pretty awesome. Shout out to my glaive gang. There's a lot of glaive love in these recent updates. So I think glaives are going to be pretty fun next season. I'm definitely going to be busting some out. Uh, definitely the exotic ones, which I'm sure we'll get to those changes at some point here, but those sound pretty awesome. Uh, but they're also getting across the board changes here. Um, I don't know that one thing I've had question, uh, question on my mind was if these glaive changes are also being applied to the exotic ones. I don't know. Even, even, even if they are like that's they, those that mean they're even stronger. Some of the updates are getting, but regardless, yeah, glaives are getting increased projectile speed, Increased projectile damage in PvE, and then the projectile damage is getting reduced actually in PvP, so it's the other way around for PV, PvE, or PvP rather. Melee, they're reducing the melee, uh, reducing the delay b- between firing and melee, so that's that's always good, so you can f- melee more and f- still fire off and have like less of a delay between those. 
Um, let's see, what is a shield? Relying on dealing damage with a projectile to grant shield energy was a choice made to limit the amount of uptime the highly damage-resistant shield had in Crucible and in endgame PvE content. Unfortunately, effectively gave a significant portion of the weapon's effectiveness and made using a glaive without energy feel like you were wielding half a weapon. That's actually, that's a pretty good point. We wanted to increase the uptime of the shield so you could get a little bit more of the weapon fantasy to shine through, but we had to be careful not to give too much or to allow the shield to become too strong in competitive content. So they made the shield energy now recharge passively when the glaive is being held at 1% per second, and uh, they will also have different tiered damages in PvP now. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like that, though, like having like passive charge for having the glaive out. That means even if you're just running around smacking and meleeing stuff, you're slowly, you're slowly building up glaive shield energy while you're using it. So I think I think that could be a pretty good change. Maybe be nice to get a little bit more percent per second per, per that or whatever it is, but we'll have to just see how it feels first before... I'm sure they want to let that see how that works now and then maybe re, uh, return to it if it needs more work. Um, then sniper rifles across the board are getting PVE damage buff. It's a flat rate of 15%, so just all sniper rifles across the board. 15% more damage and PVE against everything. And it also applies to exotic sniper rifles, so I'm really curious if Whisper, Whisp, the Whisper meta is back or something because of that, because that, that could be really interesting seeing how powerful... Whisper the Worm is with that change. Next up, looks like we have some exotic weapons. Thor, our Vexmith class first here. We'll get to Thorn later. Uh, Vexmith class is getting a bunch of uh, buffs. You have minor red bar combatants, 10%. Bosses by 25%. Champions by 200% when in linear fusion rifle mode. So dang, yeah. That sounds like a lot of their, their power up Vexmith class there. I wonder if that's because we're also maybe getting the... where We don't know if a... Uh, a classic raid is getting craftable weapons. I wonder if Fog would craft more craftable weapons. That'd be pretty cool if that happens alongside this buff to Vex. It makes it more desirable to go run Vault of Class again after all these all this time. Uh, Revision Zero is getting increased damage versus champions by 100%. That's pretty cool. Thorn, I, I remember they did tell us Thorn is getting a catalyst. So it's the catalyst will give 20 range, 10 stability, getting kills on picking up a remnant grants additional range, handling and mobility so that's pretty cool for their pvp folks out there i know that was always a nostalgic play for people who liked thorn a lot in destiny one it was pretty dominant so i don't think it's been as dominant in destiny 2 people could correct me if i'm wrong but this definitely seems like it'll give it more of an edge okay it does say here great so alongside the glaive rework mentioned above we also have done some tuning to exotic glaives introduced in the witch queen so okay cool they are getting the increased projectile damage and like speed and other like passive recharge stuff that's that's awesome so let's see they're getting their grant one ammo when you activate the perks so you can use it even when you're out of ammo that's gonna be good so you can be out of ammo and still pop the bubble the glaive bubble down on your titan or get the healy turret out that's cool uh no longer passively drain shield energy when your special reload is activated and no longer deactivated when reloading or stowing so yeah that's that's good overall just makes that Using the ability to have a little bit more ease of use, so you can kind of stock it up if you want it. Uh, Edge of Intent is a Warlock exotic. Uh, they change the effect to make it so the, the turret projectiles grant cure and restoration. That's pretty cool, because that can then tie into actual like healing builds or fragments and stuff that benefit from those effects. Uh, increase the AoE, uh, AoE radius to 8 meters to benefit more nearby allies. That's cool. Pretty good. I'm definitely... That was... Out of these three, I like... The ones I used the most were the Warlock and the Titan one when they first came out in the Witch Queen. And I thought they were okay, but yeah, I definitely didn't think they were perfect by any means. These, these definitely sound a little bit more appealing so far to, to at least bust out and try them again. Maybe I don't know if they'll become like fully in my rotation, uh, but at least I at least want to bust them out and try them because it could be just like fun to use in general content. Edge of Action, the Titan one, we wanted to make the, bub the baby bubble more effective in in-game content. Shout out to Baby Bubble. Uh, so it now provides some benefit to weapons just for passing through it, even if you do not uh, remain inside. That's that's a good change. Uh, so passing the bubble now grants bonus reload speed, handling a small amount of stacking bonus damage in addition to the overshield. So that that's that's pretty good. And uh, they reduced the the uh, health of it significantly though to account for that, and considering it'd be up a lot more potentially because you can freely use it when you when when you need to 
Um, and lastly, the Hunter one, which is really is one I didn't use as much, but seeing this here, now that the Lightning Seeker you can shoot out will also jolt targets. So that means I'm guessing even if you shoot the, the main blast directly into somebody, it will jolt from there. But I'm guessing it also means like if you hit, hit it on the ground and it shoots like that burst onto the ground, those can jolt enemies as well. So that could be pretty effective depending on how that works. Definitely have to mess around with it. Like it definitely these changes to these, these exotic lades at least make me want to just pull them out of after all this time and at least give them a shot because they do sound cool. Um, Osteostriga, let's see, this has a lot here. Osteostriga has been, quite frankly, far too powerful for its ease of use it provides when it comes to add clear and PvE. I think that's 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 fair. The poison does a lot of damage, a lot of the work for it. Um, it has more than mo most other SMGs. It does not require kills. It does not rely heavily on precision aim to activate one of the strongest AoEs we've ever had in Destiny. <laughs> In addition, the lingering poison damage is benefited from the damage scale that SMGs get in PvE content, uh, which is intended to buff SMGs direct impact damage. The scaler, which is one of the highest scalers of any weapon type in the game, is pushing the poison damage to such an extreme that it's been difficult for any other weapon to compete in an ad clear role. While it is likely that this change will not move the needle on Asher by a substantial amount, it will at least be slightly less of an outlier compared to other Adclair weapons to preempt the argument. Buffing other weapons up to the same level would be power creep to an extreme degree and very unhealthy for the game as a whole, so it's not something we are going to explore. So, so removing the damage bonus scaler that was affecting the poison damage for Austria Striga, but it will still have the 40% damage because it is an exotic. Um, interesting. Okay. So we'll have to see how that, that kind of nets out and equal, but it seems overall the poison is going to be doing just less damage. Salvation's grip. I, I don't know whatever change they're going to make. I still don't know if we'll make anybody use it, even though they made a bunch of changes to it. Let's see. Uh, place to speed limit on the detonation when damaging stasis crystals. Uh, this will help prevent the detonation of being able to shatter too many singles, single crystals in a single frame, which would sometimes kick players to orbit with an air code. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. That's funny. Um, but that in some ways sounds like a nerf, but I guess like, you know, you're also, if you're also doing so much that you're getting kicked to orbit, I feel like maybe that's, that's fair. <laughs> if you're, if you're already going out of your way to make that many crystals, you know, maybe it's needed. So the last, uh, uh, exotic update here is we have winter bite, um, but out of the, the glaive improvement pass. So it made it a little stronger and a little bit less lethal to the user. That's good. Increased detonation damage, tricked out by 25%. Okay. And self-damage blast ratings has been halved, and self-damage has been reduced. Cool. Okay, I'm I'm done for that, unless blowing yourself up with it, because I definitely definitely was always wary of that, and I feel like I did, was not never as effective as I could be with it, because I was like, we're so wary of it blowing me up, so that could be interesting. Let's see. Perks, Danger Zone. We made a small change to how Danger Zone works on rocket launchers. Um, you can now figure it out for yourself in Season 23 drops. Well, okay. It's a tease. Uh, we discovered that the Heavy Grip perk was slightly increasing incoming flinch. This was not intended, so we removed it. Precision Instrument. The difference between Precision Instrument and Enhanced Precision was barely noticeable in practice, so we wanted to differentiate the two a bit. We increased the Enhanced Precision Instrument damage both at max stacks from 26 to 30%. Okay. And then Kinetic Tremors. We wanted to make it, the activation requirements more consistent across archetypes. So we change the number of hits need to trigger on some weapons. Pulse rifles, common reduced from 12 to 11. Enhanced reduced from 9 to 10. Okay, yeah, that is that is pretty good. Connect armor should be pretty fun on a pulse rifle now, I feel like. If it's taking less hits, you're already getting those burst those burst shots. When that happens, um, let's see. These last little future changes. Bow tuning PvP. Weapon tuning for checkmate. Necrochasm will be buffed to extend the duration of the poison damage over time effect. It applies from the Cursed Thrall Explosion. We'll also have a new catalyst called One, one for Thrall, <laughs> which grants a moderate period of da increased damage range and aim assist after you damage three enemies in quick succession. Okay, cool, yeah. Heavy, gr heavy grenade launchers will also get a substantial inventory buff. Buffs to Truth Colony and Dead Man's Tale. Okay, interesting. So these weren't in, these weren't in the... These are far future, so I'm guessing this, that, this could potentially be like the mid-season... Oh yeah, it says right here, duh. Maybe I should read more. <laughs> season 23, mid-season patch. So yeah, okay, so this is so these first two things will be in mid-season patch. 
And then a pat this these will far future things will probably be in the final shape patch, which you know if final shape is delayed, that these could be coming sooner than that, I guess, depending on how that all goes, but we'll just have to see on that one uh but that's I think that's these here. Let's see what else I got here um right, I wanted to give a shout out for my p v p sickos out there um you're getting some they're changing some of the the playlist stuff, so they have like a three three v three quick play now alongside the 3v3 ranked and this will go through what i'll start with elimination and showdown and then trials will take over this node there will also be a 6v6 unranked which now will have iron banner take off of this mode and 6v6 quick play will be consolidates party party modes essentially so like you know the 6v6 mode will be all the control will be essentially be what control is and that'll go through all the different types of controls including this weird sparrow control that is going to be introduced where basically it sounds like it is control, but now you can also get on your Sparrow, which I think was like a bug from this season, but now it's, now it's coming in. Yeah. The bug becomes a feature. There's some other changes too. Like, like they're doing like matchmaking changes. I'm not going to sit here and tell you every nitty gritty retail. I don't want to sit here for like, make this video an hour long, <laughs> give you all the PVP notes. You also, I know if you've watched plenty of podcast episodes, I'm not the biggest PVP guy out there. So that those are all happening. Those are cool. Um, for PVP fans out there, also remember that the, um, that Dreaming City map, the Citadel, I believe is what it's called, was a, was a Destiny 2 map. I think it was released with Forsaken because it was a Dreaming City map. And then now it is, they got Sunset when Beyond Light came out, but now they're bringing it back. That is also, I believe, coming back this season. So it'll be a new map out there. I remember that map being okay from, from my limited, um, skills that in time playing PVP. I remember playing that. It seemed, seemed all right at the time. So we'll have to see how it feels in the current destiny sandbox. But there you go. PVP folks out there, you know, there are some, there are a decent amount of things to come in here. Maybe not everything as always. People want more, more, more for that stuff. So we'll have to see. Let's move on here. Yes. Here is, you know, we've gotten the tease for season of the wish. I can play that in the video here over here. It's like a really quick, like 30 second thing. By the time this video goes up, we might even have more teases or trailers at this point. Um, but usually they usually leave it to like the day of the, at these these days for the the season trailer. But yeah, after after that, let's see, we got um, returning exotic here from Destiny One Dragon's Breath. So this will be on the seasonal reward track uh, for Season of the Wish. I'm assuming that they're they're referring to the season pass. So this will be the season pass exotic uh, returning. So let's see what new updates it has. Here's all of its intr- intrinsics, and also it looks like it has a catalyst as well. So at a first burn the world, exotic intrinsic, the fuel counter passively increases the longer you go without firing it to a maximum of times five. Firing Dragon's Breath and empties the counter, transferring all fuel to the rocket. Okay. Rocket then embeds themselves in the struck targets, causing scorched damage and periodically ejecting incendiary fuel into pools around the target and inflicts scorched damage to anyone surrounding them. Okay, so the, the rocket hits the enemy, they get scorched by the rocket, and then it shoots out fuel onto the ground that that can that can scorch enemies around it. The mere the more fuel in a rocket is fired with, uh, the longer it lasts before detonating and more fire spreading. Okay, so if you have a time drive stack that'll make the thing last the longest, shoot out the most fuel to do the most scorch damage, potentially igniting the enemies. We'll see if it does ignite uh, with that guy with with a single like times five rocket. I guess we'll have to see, but I, I would assume so at least, right? But we'll have to see what that uh, does once we actually get our hands on it. Uh, the next intrinsic uh, nearby ignitions instantly refill your dragon's breath with two fuel. Fuel fully refills. It's a tongue twister. It reloads itself. So that's cool. So once it, so basically you want to, you want to set it off, try and get some ignitions with all like the scorch going around and the, the rockets on people, which will then, you know, then ignite enemies, making, giving you few, giving you additional fuel. And once you get enough, once you full gets that full times five, uh, it'll reload itself. So that's cool. Um, once you got this thing in hand, make sure to go pay the visit to the gunsmith and tower. They'll give you the catalyst. The catalyst passively replenishes your dragon's breath fuel faster. So there you go. That fuels that faster, making that, uh, that whole process of getting fuel even faster and limiting combatants with it open then causes a spire, a fire sprite to spawn too. Pretty cool. 
Uh, let's see. We have a tons of just things. I think most of us have already talked about. Yeah, the boundary, the foundry, legendary shards, removing them, the ghost mods. That's right. They are, they are making it so ghost mods uh, cost significantly less so you can stack more of them or put more of them on your ghost to have more of that stuff available. Because honestly, all I ever really did was at the start of the season, I put the highest XP one you can get on there to get as much XP as possible to finish the pass. And then I would just switch to the, the highest glimmer one and just always use that, always use that one. So I've never really had a reason to ever use any of the other mods. So now that they cost less, maybe I'll throw some other ones on there. Cause why not? Weapons will drop at these rates. There'll be higher weapon drops for lost sectors yeah, on top of the gunsmith engrams. It's okay. And then these are just a bunch of the of the various weapons. These look like they, they were some of the world drop weapons, but this like guarantees some of these weapons for you if you want to chase after a specific one. Are also available from world load drops. The newest world load pool weapons will eventually find their way into Lost Sector Chest season debut once enough time has passed. So that's cool. So this is just like an avenue to like, hey, I, this 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 world drop weapon seems pretty could be potentially pretty good with the right rolls or perks or whatever. So let me go run some lost sectors to try and farm it specifically. Cool. They're adding engrams, more engrams to the cost of focusing, it looks like, because now we don't have legendary shards in there. But it seems like they're also making them drop. Let's see. I'll just read here. Next update we have to share is about the post-activity ritual rewards you get for playing Vanguard Ops, Crucible, and Gambit. We know players want to get a hold of the newest weapons as soon as possible each season to try new strategies and builds. That was one of the reasons we made the newest virtual weapons available for Ingram focusing at their correspondent vendors from the word, from, from the word go. So yeah, I remember they, they already made that change. Uh, next season, we are taking this step further so players have more agency and rewards than they, they can get after a long play session in the ritual playlists. The start of season, season of the Wish Ritual Activities Completion Rewards will now include additional drops of ritual engrams. Uh, this influx of engrams will let players focus more often for the gear for seasons past and present. That said, with legendary shards, going the ritual vendors will see the cost a focusing Ingram slightly changed, to be clear. Increased Ingram drops go hand-in-hand hand with the price changes, and we are hoping you will still find yourself focusing just as often, albeit with a different set of currencies. So they're basically just trying to offset, yeah, again, they're offsetting that legendary shard not being needed anymore to get these, be able to get these more recent weapons. So if you want to get, like, the weapons that just dropped in a new season, you have to fork up a couple extra Ingrams, but they will eventually be lower than that okay yeah that's that's fine I, d I don't considering the stuff randomly dropped anyway and you're getting so many of them like i don't think this will be that big of a deal you know uh the, the thing's technically costing a little bit more than they did before um that's right of course new new dungeon this season we're getting a new dungeon uh, that's going to be December 1st. That's the Friday after the season starts on November 28th. So this is that first week. Um, another thing I, I should shout out here, remembering of dates, I just remembered they put out a, a blog about Fireteam Finder that is coming up. I, th I think I can oh, let's just quickly get there. It's right there. I'll quickly pull it up. Um, so yeah, Fireteam Finder is also coming in the first week um, or a beta of it is is happening rather um, which with maybe the full launch of it being later in the season, closer maybe to the middle of the season. Uh, but let's see what, let's see what they have to say about Fireteam Finder. They say a very public Bungie beta. So basically they're going to be doing a, a, basically a full public beta for the raids aspect of the Fireteam Finder, which is the in-game LFG system that's coming. So it looks like they're doing a stress test on November 30th. So that's two days, the Thursday after season launches from 9 a.m. PST to 5 p.m. PST. Let's see for I'm Eastern time for the U S that would be noon Eastern to 8 p.m. Eastern uh, for us. You know, if you don't, you know, if you live in a different country, you know, figure it out your own timetables. If you end up watching this, but yeah, that's, that's happening. Rage stress test uh, for the fire team finder. It looks like if that goes well, uh, the, there will be a beta, the beta, a full beta, a longer beta period will open, um, for that in December. And I'm guessing that'll be not just raids. It'll be some other aspects of using fire team finder. And if then that goes well, they are doing a full release for late January. So, so yeah, that could be, that could be cool. Um, we'll have to see. I th I'm, I'm hoping this is a good update for the game. Um, 
this will this will definitely be something a lot of players could potentially use. I know, like for me, I'm not necessarily looking for it for like doing a raid. So that's interesting. They're trying that first. Granted, I think that, or in some ways, I guess that does make sense because you know if they can get this to work for raids, it should be pretty much fine for all the other content in the game, right? So like for like dungeons and and doing. Like what I would really use it for is just to do those like weird one off like, hey, we have legendary version of this seasonal activity and you need to complete it for like a challenge or to get the title for the season or whatever. You need to do it at least once or twice. And if <clears throat> I usually just use the, the the one on the Bungie, the fire team finder that's on the Bungie website to do those things so quickly and just get it over with. Um, so now just being able to do it immediately in the game, that's probably really what I would use it most for. Cause I already have groups. If I really wanted to go do a raid or do a dungeon, I could go play with them to be fair. Um, but you know, some people don't have that option. So that having this in game, uh, would be good. So, you know, but, well, that hopefully this works out. I'm definitely, definitely going to be interesting, uh, big change for this game. Having actual in game LFG could be, could be a really big deal. So we'll just see how it goes. Um, yep, again, new dungeon, December first. After that, after that uh, change, it's literally the day after that Fire Team Finder beta on Friday. This new dungeon drops. Always look forward to a new dungeon in Destiny. There's some of my some of my favorite content in the game for sure. Um, even like I would say probably like you know Grand doing Nightfalls, Grandmaster Nightfalls dungeons, and then probably raids would probably be my order if I'm just being honest because like yeah, I just find them really fun to do and also going into blind them, I think is way more fun than a, than a raid personally. So we'll have to see what it is. I'm definitely hoping because of, you know, season of the wish is all dreaming city themed. Looks like we're working with Marth Sov and there's some dragons and stuff around. I'm hoping it's another dreaming city dungeon. That could be pretty fun. If it is going back to the, some part of the dreaming city, we haven't been in with the new dungeon layout and stuff like that could be cool, but we'll see. It could be somewhere else. We don't really know. Uh, just have to wait and see. Uh, but looking forward to it nonetheless. Uh, lastly here, we have a big, the big twab they just put out right before the, this last week, right before the season starts. Here we are. This is, this one's a bit beefy, but you know, there's, there's some cool stuff in here to talk about still. So mainly first up, we got this, uh, they just announced this week. They're doing another collab armor set with now the Witcher. So that's uh, going to be in the ever store on November 28th. Pretty cool. I, I admittedly will say I'm not a Witcher person. I've not played those games. I've watched like the Netflix show. That was pretty cool. Um, but I don't really have like a big attachment to it. So these armor, you know, obviously look amazing, but I don't know if I'll be, uh, be getting any of them myself, but you know, look cool. So definitely pick them up if you feel comfortable doing so with, I know Bungie's not in the, in the best limelight these days due to all the recent news, but hey, that's, uh, that is what it is. So, you know, Check out the armor if you want. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that, we have a preview here of the seasonal artifact. Let's see what we got here. Anything spicy in here? We got anti-barrier sidearm, unstop hand cannon, unstop bow, overload auto rifles, overload pulse rifles. Okay, that's a decent spread. <clears throat> Only anti-barrier sidearm is a little rough, though. I wonder. I feel like... I feel like we're just going to be all back on Wish Ender for the whole season with that one, but we'll see what else we got here. Flame, Fiber, and Freeze combined Strand, Solar Strand, and Solar Stasis Siphon mods into one. Okay. Uh, Kindling Trigger Radiant causes solar weapons to apply Scorch to Unscorched targets. Okay. Um, blast Radius, Rapid Final Blows with Rocket Launchers and Grenade Launchers grant ammo char armor charge. Rapid Final Blows... Okay, the rocket launcher. <laughs> no, I'm not sure doing that, but that's okay, that's an interesting one. Uh, I've got some origin perk uh, specializations. We got what sundering, divided by the sundering, which I, that seems like a new one. Nanotech munitions and nanotech tracer rocket origin traits. Nano nano munitions, I think, is new as well. Sundering and nano munitions, I think, are new. Uh, weapons with these traits are overcharged from once you came. Increase ability damage taken. Increase ability damage to taken. And scorn combatants. Well, there you go. Good to know. Scorn taking combatants this season probably makes sense because the Dreaming City stuff. Let's see. Flint Striker, Rapid Solar Weapons, Rapid Solar Weapon Precision Hints, and Rapid Solar Weapon Final Blows grant Radiant. 
There you go. So you have flinch strike to have flinch striker kindling trigger. Get the solar weapon precision hits and final blow, solar final blows will give you the radiant. Then while you're radiant, you will continue to be uh, you'll apply scorch and uh, <clears throat> to un- you'll be able to keep applying scorch that way. So like yeah, have an incandescent cal- bust out that callus callus mini tool already doing incandescent solar weapon. Get precision kills with that. That makes you radiant. Then you're then you're continuing that radiant with applying uh, solar and scorch and stuff. Interesting. Um, let me get, let's see. Torch is next. While radiant deal increased weapon damage to combatants affected by stand strand and stasis debuffs. Okay. Heart of the flame. Casting your solar super grants nearby allies. Radiant increases the damage of your super for each nearby ally. Okay. That could be interesting. Um, origin. Like next one. What is this? <laughs> unstated noble deeds. Unstated hunger. Head rush and dragons. Vengeance. Hell yeah, that's a good that's a good, that's a metal ass name. Good stuff. Um so there there's some a bunch of a couple new perks in there. Um wished into being while your super is nearly fully recharged, additional final blow spawn orbs of power. Wearing season of the wish armor decreases super amount threshold. Okay. Interesting. I wonder if that yeah, I'm assuming that also applies to like having the ornaments of them and stuff too but just gives you more reason to wear the armor which i think is to be fair is needed these days because armor is mostly just fashion which isn't a bad thing but like you know you're not really you're like everyone including myself at at this point has like a lot of armor that's already just really well statted out and you don't really need much else so like what is what does it matter other than just looking cool uh which i'm all for don't get me wrong but i could see some people maybe wanting a little bit more than that so this this is maybe an avenue they could go. That's time for that. Let's see. Unraveling orbs. Picking up an orb power grants strand weapons unraveling rounds. That could be really good. Uh, Pillar of ice killing an encased uh, combatant spawns stasis crystals. Okay. Revitalizing blast. Causing damage with a solar ability weakens champions and bosses for a short duration. Could be good. Yeah. Throw a hunter knife into a champion. Stun it. Boom. Keep going. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, overload rocket launchers. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Dragon's Bite breaking a combatant shield with a strand or stasis weapon with a, has a chance to suspend or freeze that combatant where in Seize the Wish Armor increases that effect. That one's actually it sounds really awesome. Uh, that'd be fun with like a strand build where you're already doing a bunch of suspended stuff. Getting increased chances to suspend while also making your, your weapons unravel. When you're picking up orbs, could be very fun. Uh, let's see. Horde horde shuttle damaging an unraveled target with a weapon occasionally spawns a threadling. Okay, so that just pairs directly with unraveling uh, orbs. So you just always have unraveling rounds, shooting it, shoot into an unraveled enemy, and then threadlings are just bursting out of them. That's that's really cool. I'm, I, I like that. like the sound of that. Let's see. Hail the storm. Shattering increased, encased targets and stasis crystals deals increased damage. Shattering a stasis crystal releases shards of ice that damage and slow targets. Okay. It's interesting. I have to see, I have to see that in practice, but that could be fun. Like in more general combat with like maybe like a headstone weapon when you're making a lot of stasis crystals and stuff. Rays of precision while radiant solar precision final blows cause combatants to ignite. That's sick. So you can pair that with like the, the torch or like the kindling trigger, flint striker, razor precision, getting keeping your radiant up all the time, um, getting and then doing the precision, precision final blow, get an ignite. Very fun. Solo operatives back, awesome. While you are the only member of your fire team, you deal increased damage to all combatants. I used, I, I, I definitely used this when they first introduced it to solo some stuff. So I definitely will, might, might be doing that again this season for sure, especially considering. <laughs> You might have an extended season with the, the potential of the final shape delay coming. And then Argent Ordnance. I think this one has been around before. Uh, they're bringing it back, so that's cool. Firing a rocket launcher consumes one stack of armor charge, granting increased damage and reload speed until you reload. Stow your rockets. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah, pretty decent overall. It sounds like, to me at least, it's going to be a lot of solar and strand. So that's cool. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I definitely... See myself running a lot of solar this season, probably solar hunter with some knives. Cause I know 
There's a, a, a an exotic I already used on Solar Hunter. It's getting some buffs. I think is in this this uh, this article that we'll get to. This article is definitely the long one, so we'll keep we'll keep moving here. Let's get started. We've laid out the number of times in previous posts, but it's worth repeating. We believe that powerful abilities need to come at a meaningful cost to player. Okay, here we go. <laughs> to force difficult decisions about what fits best in their build. To put it plainly, we're not hitting that goal. There are many build crafting avenues that grant flat chunks of ability energy and ignore ability cooldown tiers. This gives them extremely inconsistent values depending on what granted melee or class ability and have equipped. Here's an example. A perk that grants 10% grenade energy on an activation results in a cooldown reduction of 6.4 seconds to fireball grenade, but results in a cooldown reduction of 15.2 seconds for lightning grenade. Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, that is a big difference. Players stack these build crafting elements together. Grenade Kickstart, Innovation, Absolution, Demolitionist, a Junk Energy Fragment. Results in long cooldown abilities having uptime that is drastically higher than what we intend for their potency level. Step addressing this problem, starting in update 7.3.0, the base passive cooldown tiers for abilities will also influence the amount of chunk energy they receive from perks. For our fastest charging abilities, things are not changing, but as we progress through the passive cooldown tiers into slow charging abilities, that immediate burst of energy will be reduced to a floor of 50% of base for slowest charging. So basically, the, the, the stuff that was already charging fast is still going to relatively charge fast. There were, but there were things that were already really powerful that they gave slower recharges because of how powerful they are. So they're trying to bring that down. Okay. Yeah. I don't like, it always sounds bad when they tell us like, yeah, we have to like nerf everything. We're basically like nerfing everything to a certain ground level because we've, we've made everything so powerful. We've made everything so powerful with all the build crafting options that we've given out. Um, now we have to reset everything over again. And this, this, I feel like this happens pretty much every, for season because I want to say like this you know I think back in back before Witch Queen came out they did the super tiers and that was a, more or less in a similar band with this and I think before Flightfall came out they, in that season they did like a bunch of change like this as well like this, I feel like this always happens where they're like they like try and like reset the band a little bit uh, with, with these changes and you know more times than not it's overall like you, you jump in and just play and it's fine. You don't really feel it changes all that all that dramatically. So we'll have to see. But I, but overall, I'm sure like them kind of just adjusting these bands is fine, and it'll it'll you'll still will not really feel that different. Yeah, it looks like they're they're finally nerfing uh, woven mail a little bit. They're reducing resistance damage resistance from PV combats from 55 to 45. I kind of felt like that was coming having. Uh, I didn't have an episode of podcast to talk about it, but I did GMs this season and got to conquer 10. Um, and we've, you know, we've, we've floored most of those just by having one, even just one, uh, strand Titan running around with Syntheseps and woven mail and banner and just like was like literally unkillable and could like massively chunk even like the biggest, the biggest boss in this, bosses in the game. It was, it was something else. So. Not surprising in the least that they're trying to bring they're gonna bring woven down woven mail down a little bit. Uh looks like restoration's getting some some restoration times one is uh getting slightly reduced HP uh recovery. Yeah, it's mainly just restoration. Okay. And these these aren't like huge bumps. Like that's going well, restoration times two is getting a bigger hit than times one is. So they're a little bit more in line. That's that's fine. Oh, interesting. They're they're also going for devour here. I want to read what this says. Last up, devour, who, whose potency is largely due to the ease of use of the Echo Starvation Fragment, which was initially developed when there was fewer orbs of power being generated. We're making a targeted change to devour that include that excludes Void Walkers, reducing its heal amount from 100 HP to or 200 HP to 100 HP. Excuse me. Unless feed the Void is equipped. For our void walkers out there, we're also increasing the amount of grenade energy that devour defeats for a grant with feed the void to offset some of the chunk energy changes detailed above. Oh, okay. So this is this is more a nerf to devour on like other classes. So like on warlock who has the feed the void aspect, that and that's what gives them devour. They will still get the the natural devour healing, and when refreshed, so like they'll still get that chunk HP every so often. But everybody else who's now getting devour won't get as much healing from that. Interesting. Now it feels both health and shield sections more smoothly rather than adding health to each section 
separately. Okay. Feed the Void, increase grenade energy regeneration per kill while Devourer is active. This amount varies based on the enemies defeated. Now improves the strength of Devourer's effect heal when equipped. Okay, so that's that's interesting way to go about it, I guess. they I guess they just didn't want Devourer to be so free for everybody to use all the time, but still wor- worthwhile for specifically Void Warlocks to use, because I mean, like, I sit here and think about it. Like, what else does Void Warlock really have to go after other than like being de- have devoid have have devour? Um, so I'm fine with that. Um, this uh, let's see, sprint melee kills. This sounds more. This is like a PvP thing. Okay, people were like shooting while sprinting, then going right into a one of these slide melees to get like a ki- instant kill. Okay, sure. Again. Not really a PvP guy. There's still a lot to go into, so I'm kind of getting to a point where I want to like skim a little bit here. Uh, Bomb hammer and banner of war. Again, I think I saw this coming with my last comment about this. Let's see, banner of war increased the number of enemies defeated necessary to level up the banner by approximately double, and increased the amount of time added per enemy defeat at each level to compensate. Okay, so in some ways, it'll you'll be able to be at certain levels for longer. But depending on how many enemies you killed, it'll take longer to get to that next level. So, interesting. Um, these values vary depending on the ty- uh, type of target defeated. Okay. So, yeah, they're making changes to Throwing Hammer. Let's see. Throwing Hammer was in the Code of Devastator Surplus, which didn't have much in the way of survivability other than picking up the hammer after hit. Okay, right. And that was, bef- that was they're talking about before Solo 3.0, where now you have like stuff like Sunspots and Restoration and Cure on top of throwing hammer. So it kind of made you impervious and the faces of champions, as they're saying here. And like some, even some bosses where you just like chunk down enemies with smacking a hammer in their face, trickling their faces. So now they're okay. When hammer, when picked up now returns melee energy over 1.4 seconds rather than instantly. Ooh. So that means you like throw it, pick it up. Then has like a slighter, slightly longer cooldown to when you can throw it again. Hmm. That, they probably won't feel great, but I get why they're doing it. Projectile tracking as well. Okay, that I like that more, just because I I definitely know I'm not some pro gamer and have definitely definitely whiff whiff a lot of go to throw it and it goes right over dude's shoulder and into a pit. So I've definitely whiffed a lot more hammers in my in my days. So having a little more tracking sounds all right to me. Soul Invictus remove reduced maximum sunspot duration from twenty to twelve seconds. Ouch. I don't like that because I like I like sunspots and being in that being in that kind of like sunspot making a bunch of sunspots on my Titan build is fun. Uh, similarly to our throwing hammer changes, we don't want to discourage players who want to move from position to position, advancing through the combat space. But we do want to make sure that players who bunker down in dangerous positions, such as the feet of a boss, aren't able to do so for long. Okay, I get it. I get I get what kind of thing they're going for. They want to they want to target something specific here. Uh, well of radiance, word of dawn. Okay. Yeah. These, I figured this, this stuff was coming. I think they talked about it at some point. I think it was like some Joe Blackburn interview was like, yeah, we're definitely going to be looking at the future of well of radiance in the sandbox and how, how, how it does. So this mainly seems like they're, yeah, they're talking about trials. So this seems like more like a PVP, uh, focus change at first. So they're making, they're moving it up, at, up at space cooldown for both. So they are more in line with some burst damage. Okay. So basically, like, th- these will match Blade Barrage, Chaos Reach. So basically, I have an even more playing field, like a PvP space for when those when those come up. Okay. Sure. Uh, it doesn't... I don't think that would be that big of a deal in Pv PvE. Um, let's see. We're valuing Wealth Warplace to Sandbox more fundamentally. These two supers are currently operating in two similar space, leaving little room for them to breathe on their own. I, I agree with that. Um, I like, uh, you know... Well, still pretty much a default in a lot of places, and I don't feel like I have much use for Ward of Dawn these days in the game as much as like that. I did used to really like playing as a Ward of Dawn Titan. Um, so if they could make those more interesting and appealing, specifically in PVE, uh, that could be cool. So I'm all for that. Looking forward to whatever that is. They'll they'll tell us when we have more detail closer to release. So I'm guessing that'll be maybe like a big change. Coming in Lightfall, maybe. And, you know, makes sense because they're also making two new... They're making a new Solar Super for Warlocks and a new Void Super for Titans. 
in the final shape. So maybe they want to push people to like try these new supers out as well. And maybe there's, I know like at least like the solar warlock one seems like it could potentially have um, use cases to replace single well with how it can buff and help out other allies. So we'll have to see uh, what, what all these changes are going to be. Um, let's see. Stasis buffs are here. Uh, okay. They're removing strength penalty from those fragments. So that, yeah, fragments are getting some buffs. I admittedly off the top of my head, do not know each of these, each which of these do, um, but that's, that's good. It's giving them, uh, well, well, this is the one's losing. I think whisper shards no longer provides 10 resilience. I think that might be the one that makes it so you can make shards or is that the one that gives, makes it so you get shards from overshield or when you pick up a shard, you get an overshield. I'm not sure what that is. Regardless, you know, they, they shifting in some of those around withering blade for hunters that I believe is their melee. The, the little ninja star ice ninja star increasing projectile speed. Maximum projectile lifetime by 10%. So it's going to last longer, move faster, and better tracking. I'm cool with that. I li- I've always liked that melee. Um, I want to say, like, I'm looking at Winter Shroud. Some of these feel like they were, okay, for at least this looks like for the Titans specifically. Like, I feel like they there was a time when they had to bring Stasis way down and nerf it a lot. And that was, like, after Beyond Light came out, but I think it was before Witch Queen. It was like in that time frame they made like tons of nerfs to stasis because of how overpowered it was. So they tuned it tuned it down a lot. And these feel like honestly reading some of these changes here. Feels like things they did before and now they're kind of bringing them all back up in some cases. Uh to 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 perform better in PvE. Uh although some do look like they're just across the board. Like this withering blade looks like it's just across the board. Winter Shroud, that's the, I believe that is the aspect where, like, when you hunt, you, you dodge as a hunter, it makes, like, the big ice AoE, AoE field freeze blast to slow enemies. So that's, like, that's just going to do more slow stacks in PvE, bigger range as well. Shiver Strike now slows players on hit, which was, yeah, which was the thing they removed originally. And now Fixed Nature where Shiver Strike would not function with the melee kickstart armor mod. Interesting. Glacial Quake, which is their super, I believe. Shiver Strike was their melee. Now freezes players on cast. On crest, freeze and pulse size versus players been reduced from 8 to 6 meters. That's right. These these were things that used to do that they're just now giving back, but maybe a little bit a little bit less potent. Proof house from consistency against players because seeing targets touching a stasis crystal was not consistently freezing targets in contact with the created stasis crystals. I... How the storm. I think that's the the slide of Titan Melee where it makes like the big ice burst when you do a slide melee. And I think that's what this is then, because that makes sense because that's talking about it create you create those ice crystals and it doesn't freeze anybody near it. Um so so okay. Frost post frost pulse. This is warlocks now. That's the you cast a rift and makes a big pulse of freezing. Uh freeze detonation size for PV and combats increased, and they also changed Involve reworking how the ability applies freeze to targets, reducing the latency between the abilities activated. Okay, so maybe it's like a more like an instant, like you instead of because I think before it was like you had to wait for the full rift to like appear at your feet and then it would send a blast out like a little bit later. This sounds maybe like maybe now it should might be just instant, like as soon maybe as soon as you cast it, it could be that. We'll have to see. That's interesting. Primble blast. That's the warlock melee. Increase detonation size. That's good. I believe. Yeah, this was another one they. A lot of these are, that's, I guess it's overall fine. Like these are things that are nice updates to stasis. Although I would like to see, okay, here we go. Uh, these aren't the only changes for stasis that we have in the works. And we have some long requested changes for the future release. I will discuss once they're closer. Here's a quick sneak preview. A new stasis keyword we're tentatively calling frost armor aimed at addressing some players feedback regarding survivability when running stasis, particularly when not using Whisper of Ryan and Whisper of Chains. Yep, 100%. Something I'm pretty sure I brought up in a in a previous Helmet Tower podcast episode was like, hey, all of these other classes, like the 3.0s, all got it, and now Strand recently with Lightfall, they, they got like a positive verb like a, that you can like, we can like essentially buff ourselves or allies with. Stasis doesn't have that at all in any way, and that definitely feel makes it feel like less, feels detrimental compared to running some of that other stuff. So yeah, I'm cool with like, yeah, if it's just like woven mail two 
electric boogaloo, but now you have like ice armor. Like I'm fine with that. Like as long as it's something more survivability, I'm out for it. So whatever it ends up being, I'm cool with adding additional behavior to the harvest aspects. Okay, cool. More harvesting stuff. I'm fine with that. Exotics. All right, let's try and get through this a little faster. Video is already longer than I thought it'd be. <laughs> um, let's see. Shards of Galanor throwing knife kills now grant super energy between 2.5 and 5%. Awesome. Already used Shards of Galanor a bunch on my uh, Hunter, Solar Hunter build, so I'm definitely going to, that's going to be even better next season, so I'm all for that. Aphidius Spoth, I think this is the one that gives you multiple throwing knife charges already. Now grant stacking damage bonus for five seconds, two throwing knives. Okay, wow. So you, like you're going to have multiple knives, so basically throw out a first one. That gives that 30% damage boost, and you still already have another knife, so you instantly get 60 and then dodge your knives back getting a bunch of damage out of knives interesting that could be pretty strong stompies and eh, this is probably some pve pvp bullshit remove requirement for half full class ability energy benefit for movement bonuses reduce airborne lateral okay sure so it's people were mad about it being I, I don't know like i don't use stompies that much if i'm just being completely honest i know like some people like them for jumping puzzles and pve things but like i really don't think they're as as necessary as people think they are I'm sure the people will like that. Mechaneer trick sleeves. Okay, the sidearm damage bonus now persists for five seconds. After your shields begin to recharge, sidearm kills extend the damage bonus duration by three seconds. The damage bonus has been reduced in BVP to compensate for lasting longer. It is now 10% sidearm damage, down from 35. So it's less damage, but you're getting, so you, but you're able to extend the, the damage timer longer. Uh, I'm not a big sidearm person, so I don't know if that does much for me. Bombardiers now applies 20 slow stacks to enemies, players, and 40 slow stacks to PvE combatants. Okay, more slow stacks. For your own stasis using Bombardiers. Triton Vice, I believe this is like that Hunter Glaive exotic. Increased Glaive damage with bonus while surrounded to 100% for both PvE and PvP. Up from 30. Jesus. <laughs> you just you do some crazy melee damage when you're surrounded with that thing now. Okay, interesting. Celestial Nighthawk Precision kills now grant super energy ranging from 1.5 to 4.5%, depending on target killed. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, Titan Severance Enclosure increased size and damage of explosion. Kills with exotic explosion will now trigger an additional explosion. So you can just have, like, chain reaction explosions with your explosions from the exotic. Cool. You now have to be airborne for a brief time before the exotic effects will apply. Damaging champions, tormentors, or mini-bosses with a shoulder charge deal further increased damage and refunds your melee energy. Okay. Interesting. So you use those as like a way to like finish off, like charge into one of these enemies to try and finish them off and have your melee refunded or something. Anyway, I wonder if there'll be any use cases for that. Burning Fist Exotic has been reworked. Yeah, I know they like just had to change. Like there was like so many bugs with Worm God over the years that like it, people are using it to like get like crazy melee kills. And shotgun combos and whatnot. So let's see. It's been reworked and now has a meter that increases with melee kills and finishers and decays over time. The meters are broken up to five sections, which provide escalating melee and glaive melee bonus damage. Uh, the upper end of the meter also provides escalating weapon damage bonuses as well. Okay. As the meter K passes back through the earlier tiers rather than deactivating immediately, the meter decays more quickly the more full it is. Hmm. Interesting. So it's like you can have like an up and up and up and kind of down damage buffs depending on where the meter is. Although they don't really give specifics, but that's that's interesting. Ashen Wake fusion grenade impacts now stun unstoppable champions. That sounds pretty fun. That's like a Titan arm exotics. I might pull those back out for that because that, that could be interesting for end game content. Syntheseps. Okay, yeah, I figured there was going to be some syntheseps changes as well. With all of the the strand titan melee shenanigans going around, uh, removed extended lunge distance. Yep. Okay. Now improves weapon handling and reload speed while surrounded. Reduced the PVE surrounded melee damage from one sixty five from two hundred percent. Increased glaive melee bonus to one hundred percent from fifty percent. Okay. Yeah. Again, maybe there could be some kind of build with a titan titan some titan melee uh, with the new with their exotic. You know, you can make the the bubble get increased. Increased damage to the glaive already on top of the exotic, uh, this exotic melee damage from this. So that could be interesting build right there. We'll have to see how that all plays out. Pressure scars, 
I forgot this one existed, honestly. Kills weapons matching your subclass. Now apply restoration tier one and, and, uh, for one point seconds and PvP inserts. Okay. So they changed it to what it was. So I think it was like some kind of random burst of healing. So now it's just a straight restoration application. Okay. All right. Warlocks, Balladors, Wrath Weavers, another one I forgot about, but just remembered because of this. I think it's like the, you pop your Warlock super and do like the big pulse and that like, Buffs your buffs your teammates. Uh, now when you cast for all your nearby allies, gain a tier two stasis surge weapon bonus for ten seconds PVE, five seconds in PvP. They also gain a fifty HP overshield. The stasis damage bonus provides to allies by the Winter's Wrath Shockwave is now a tier four stasis surge weapon bonus. When your Winter's Wrath ends, you gain a tier four stasis surge weapon bonus as well. Um, yeah, again, that that seems like so convoluted just to get some damage buffs, but you know, sure they're they're trying. Apothos Veil, oh wow, that's another one that's been 65 years since we've heard of this, uh, <laughs> this exotic. Cassie Supernatural grants tier, cure tier three to nearby allies, okay. Super ends, you now temporarily gain greatly increased melee and grenade regen for eight seconds, eh, okay. Felter's Helm, I do like this one. Move the size of the weakening burst and duration of weaken up from their one tier against all targets, except for finishers against bosses, which will retain a maximum size and duration. Okay, yeah, I'm cool with that. Basically giving giving access to those higher AoE weakening burst effects faster. I'm cool with that. Garnstein Armlet's another one I use. I use this. There's actually, this is actually really fun to use on Strand Warlock because there are three melee charges and getting those back fairly easily um, through various things and um, applying unraveling and stuff. Uh, so I might, let's see, melee kills now grant. Cure tier three and restoration tier one for eight seconds. That's, okay, so they basically just like, it, it was a flat healing, but now now they're putting those into cure and restoration. Okay. Uh, oh boy, the Aeon Cults are getting changes. Let's see. Sector Force, this has been reworked to be all about providing your allies significant bonus weapon damage against powerful combatants. The bonus grenade and melee energy has been moved to be the special benefit granted to Aeon Cult allies using a different sect. Okay. Repetition hits provide quicker reload and weapon swap speeds, and the bonus now lasts for 10 seconds. No longer grants bonus melee grenade and super energy on stunning a champion or defeating a boss or mini boss. Instead, stunning champion or rapid precision hits against champions, elite or mini bosses will mark them for your allies. Allies deal 20% more damage to marked targets. Okay, that could be, that could actually be interesting in like end game content where you're like, they can mark a champion for you and then, you know, they, then they take way more damage from your allies and then you can just go ham on them. So I see the use case of that in like a grandmaster. That, that's all right. Ma- nearby allies who do not have, uh, the sect of insight roll equipped no longer gain bonus weapon damage for a short time. Instead, they gain a burst of super energy. Okay. Cause sect of insight, I believe. Yeah, they don't want to change. Consecutive Insight is the one everybody uses. But that's the one where you, I think you do a finisher on a champion that makes ammo for everybody. So, yeah, they're they're keeping that the same. People who have the other Aeon stuff, they will they will know and get a weapon damage for a short time. They will get a burst of super energy. Okay, sure. Sector Vigor already had a strong theme this as a support role in Aeon Cult. We wanted to boost effectiveness by having it provide damage resistance in PVE in addition to its class ability benefits. Our goal is to make Sector Vigor players shepherds of the, for the team, keeping their allies near to protect them from harm. Now provides damage against combatants when an ally dies or is resurrected in addition to the existing class ability energy. When you cast your super, nearby allies no longer gain an instant burst of healing or an overshield. Instead, nearby critically wounded allies gain damage resistance for combatants as long as they stay near you. Nearby Aeon called allies who do not have the Sector Vigor role equipped will also recover class ability energy more quickly. That sounds a little convoluted to set up because they, they, so if you're waiting until the person who has it has Sector Vigor on needs to know when allies are in critical to burst their super that will then protect them. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's got, that's going to be like a very specific setup. So that's, that's going to be interesting, but sure, I guess. All right, let's see. I think this might be our last thing here. Armor mods to reiterate. That was once touched on the gameplay section, the high potent. So yeah, they're, they're bringing down the mods to, to make sense with the, the reduction in ability uptime. Okay. See, Heavy Hand, Firepower, and Reaper, they now have 10-second cooldown for generating orbs of power. Oof, that hurts. Reaper will also require a kill to be secured within 10 seconds. 
of using your class ability. Oof. That seems like more like a PvP thing. To be fair, I never really used Reaper that much, but the other ones I use, I definitely think you use, and you probably don't recognize these names. Uh, heavy-handed is like you you get a melee kill, it makes an orb of power. Firepower, same thing. Use a grenade, get an orb of power. So now these have 10 second cooldowns from when you get that, from when you get those, uh, from when they generate an orb. Definitely a lot less orbs around. That could be, that, that'll be a lot trickier to manage. And most content, I think that'll be okay. When you're running with other people, like you'll still have a lot of those orbs around from everybody making them. Uh, melee kickstart, grenade kickstart, utility kickstart now provide between 16 and 45% ability energy and requires at least a single armor charge to be consumed. So now you'll have to have an armor charge to even get any of the, the those benefits, depending on how many you have equipped. So that's what that 16 and 45% is. Like 16% is the lowest if you just have a single one in, and 45 would be if you have like multiple in or more. I don't really use the kickstart ones, to be fair, but I'll, I think a lot of these other ones will also be that. Momentum transfer, bolstering destination. Yeah, that provides 12, 17, 20%, depending on how much you stack them. Outreach and bomber, same amount of, same amount depending on how much you stack them. They have Outreach, Bomber, and Distribution again. Did you not provide blah, blah, blah? Okay. So, yeah, again, they're just trying, they're like kind of like normalizing them all to, to give the similar amounts, and like they're lower than I believe they were before. So, definitely, definitely gonna probably feel these reductions, like, because they're doing it in so many places, like they're doing it for abilities blanketly, and then they're also doing it with the mods and other things as well. So, will be, it will be a change, but like, I think like, well, you'll get used to it. Um, then yeah, fire team. Yeah. Fire team finder. We already went over the bait is happening on the 30th. And I think that's, that's the most important things there. I think one last thing I, I off the top of my head, that I remembered was you'll be able to access your vault from the orbit now in game. So now that we're hanging out in orbit, you can just pull up the vault instead of having to fly down into the tower to go access it. I know for like a lot of people, it's not going to be the most big deal. Cause I including myself. I use dim, our Destiny Item Manager, which is a third-party app, to access everything in your vault and get everything instantly. For people who don't do that, or maybe you just need something super quick, and you're already sitting in orbit anyway, you can just, you know, tap into it, go into it, and pull something out. Directly from there, I'm all for that change, good quality of life thing. But yeah, Season of the Wish, everybody, is coming up. This video is going to be way longer than I thought it would be, which is fine. But I, I rather would have just some, done something that was more of a like off the co- off the cuff, casual, just kind of chat and give you my thoughts and ideals as we went through this, rather than just kind of spitting every little detail at you in a listed form, which immediately I started doing in a video and like started putting together, and I was just like, I don't, I don't know, I just does not feel right. The vibes are off from me making this style video when I when we always kind of have more general chats and discussions here for destiny stuff on this channel. But yeah, seize the wish is just a few days away. I'm looking forward to it. I know it's been, the vibes have been weird in general, destiny at large because of all the news, but you know, I still really like the game and I'm hoping this can kind of sort of mend the ties and start building up some, some hope for where the game is going from here and getting it back in a more positive light uh, with some new seasonal content and new a new dungeon it's gonna be super fun and uh looking forward to it thanks everybody if you if you watched all the way here till the end thanks so much for watching uh this video we'll be back with a more traditional episode of the helmet tower podcast with me and ari probably you know a week or so from now once the season is launched we've had some time to play the new stuff and jump into the dungeon to give you give you our thoughts on the on the start of the dungeon so we'll i'll see you then once again, thanks for watching. If you sat through this hour, some long video or whatever, um, and we'll see you next time.